Oh, this is an action-packed episode. Oh, do I have some great stories. Story, 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 stories. Back. I went back to New Jersey. That's where I grew up. That's where I started my broadcasting career. At a small little radio station in Sussex County, New Jersey. I ended up being there five years. Then I did a little cable TV, and that's how I was able to get a videotape to send to stations. And then I started at an NBC affiliate in Plattsburgh, New York, slash Burlington, Vermont, and the rest is history. But it's not only about broadcasting, it's about stories. And I reconnected with some guys that I hadn't talked to in since high school (laughs) and oh my god oh my god but without further ado let me bring on my guest first this is a good one he is matt joyce former major league baseball outfielder played 14 one four 14 seasons in the show major league baseball Started out with the uh, Detroit Tigers. They they drafted him in the twelfth round out of Florida Southern. It's a division. It's Division Two baseball. It's good baseball, but it's not a big, 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 big program. He grew up in the Tampa Bay area. Born in Brandon, he played at uh, Armwood High School. Again, Florida Southern. They actually played an exhibition game against the Detroit Tigers, and they're noticing, who's that kid? Who's that lefty swinger? He's pretty good. And through minor league baseball, he makes it, and he gets to play for his hometown team, the Tampa Bay Rays, where he used to go to games at Tropicana Field when he was young. And now he's playing for the hometown team, and in 2011, he was a Major League Baseball All-Star as a Ray. Now he's doing some broadcasting for Bally Sports, doing Rays games, okay, a little bit of analyst work, a little bit of studio work, also Apple TV, businessman, F45, these training facilities popping up. Uh, So he's a busy man. He's got ideas. He's a good guy. He's a father, a husband. He's Matt Joyce. We sat down right behind home plate. Nobody was around in Tropicana Field. And I really enjoyed my conversation, and I think you will as well. So after Matt, you got to stick around for stories. Oh, my God, and I got some good ones. Here we go. My man, Matt Joyce. All right, I am with the great, you know, he's got the killer looks. He's got everything, you know. He made it to the major leagues. Now he's a top-notch broadcaster. He's a, somewhat of an entrepreneur, and uh, he, he still has no ego. Am I right? Matt Joyce, how yeah, you doing, yeah, my man? Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm awesome. Thank <laughs> you for having me. Um, I, I don't know about all those amazing things that you said, but I, I do appreciate them. Uh, and uh, for me, a, a Tampa kid, born and raised in the area, I just feel like I always wanted to uh, make as big of an impact as possible. And uh, I was very fortunate to, to be able to do something that I love to do and, and play uh, the game at the big leagues and not not only at the big leagues, but for my hometown team, which was really cool. Yeah, when I was looking at it, I was like, okay, I think he probably played maybe a decade, and it was 14, yeah. 14 seasons, yep. Major League Baseball, eight different teams, and then, of course, to be able to play in Tampa Bay with the Rays and made the All-Stars that year. That had to be something for you, man. That was incredible. It was incredible. Uh, I always tell people, you know, that was some of my uh, favorite experiences uh, that I've ever had on a baseball field, really playing in front of, you know, people that I grew up around, right? Every game I felt like somebody was saying Armwood High School or Florida Southern College or I played softball with your dad, right? Like there was always something. And uh, again, I I still cherish a lot of those memories uh, from playing with the Rays. Now, when you were growing up, I know your dad raised you and your sister, correct? Yep. And I know your mom wasn't around, and I mean, now you being older and seeing, it's pretty incredible. And I remember when you when you were a Ray, and I remember he would wear the the Joyce jersey, and they're telling me he used to be a good softball player, man. Yeah. But I mean, uh, now that you look back on it what your father was able to do Mm -hmm. for you and your sister. Wow. Yeah, incredible. Um, You know, for me, I mean, 
I think there were certain times where he even pushed a little bit too hard. Um, but I think he also saw, hey, I had some talent and he, and he really wanted me to be successful. Uh, and I think it's a hard line to, to, you know, kind of manage as a parent. You know, I'm dealing with it now. I have a six-year-old daughter and I'm really trying to push her towards golf and, you know, some, some kind of a sport that she can get into. Um, and obviously as a kid, we're, we're so spoiled nowadays. You know, we have TV and video games and iPads, right? Um, so I didn't really have all those distractions, but I think my dad, uh, to your point, he was a really good softball player. He didn't have the same opportunity that I had. Um, and he just worked with me throughout the years and really pushed me to, to, be, uh, to be good at something, to be great at something and um and and you know i got to a certain point where i was you know 10 12 years old and he took me to a raise game he said you know that could be you one one day um and really put that vision you know in my mind and that was kind of what my dream became and so that's what i i went after and again it was it was fortunate enough to be able to to live my dream now you went to florida southern for those that are you know this is worldwide so for those that are not familiar with florida it's division two yep but it's really good baseball down here it could be the lot of you know d1 programs but again, it's not LSU. You know, look what they're doing now. Look at how more kids are going to the big, big, big programs. Um, at that time, when you're at Florida Southern, going to Florida Southern, did you did you believe then that I will be a major leaguer, or I'm really pretty good at this level, and I'll go to F Florida Southern and see how it goes? Yeah, I don't think you know if you're going to make it to the major leagues. Um, I think at that point. I remember playing at, at Division Two, and this was a, a conversation that I had when, when I was thinking about where I was going. Um, and really, my dad even told me, he was like, listen, if they're good, you know, the scouts will find you. If you're good, the scouts will find you. And so that was my take. Uh, Florida Southern was an incredible program. We won the whole thing, you know, the Division Two National Championship my junior year. Um, we ended up getting like eight guys drafted from that team. So we had an incredible amount of talent. And we always thought that we could always play with any Division One team, um, you know, across the country. Um, and we, we just believed in ourselves we had a lot of confidence um, so for me I mean it didn't really necessarily matter if it was division one or division two um, and I didn't know I was gonna make the major leagues but I thought I could get a shot at, at playing minor league baseball and then obviously I was drafted in the 12th round by the Tigers and had an opportunity to go play and work my butt off now it's still okay that's when it starts that's great like it's so different than football. These guys get drafted, boom. They're either going to make it or right. not in one year, right. maybe two. Yep. But baseball, you got to go through the minor leagues, yep. and there's ups and downs, and it's quite a big of an adjustment. You had that too, right? And then wasn't there something about your mental approach at one point? Is something everybody. it clicked? Everybody. Yeah, and I think everybody has to go through those. I mean, unless you're an absolute superstar. I mean, you hear about these few guys that are Mike Trout and and Bryce Harper. I mean, even those guys go to the minor leagues. They just don't fail and struggle as much as the other guys but they are very rare um, i definitely had my struggles and had my failures you, you're you're on the road right and you're not used to being on the road you're away from your family you're you're you get homesick um, you go from playing 50 something games to 100 uh, 156 ish games uh, in the minor leagues and so it's a complete adjustment complete change for you because um, this is your job you're you're a professional baseball player at just at the minor league level uh, so it, it definitely takes some adjusting to get used to uh, you know for me I think the the biggest struggle was in double-a where I was hitting like 190 after two months uh, our manager was Matt Wahlbeck and uh, who was a former catcher uh, great guy um, I was going through you know really hard time he called me in the office and, and it wasn't exactly what I wanted to hear but he was like Matt if you don't start producing you know we, we're, we might have to send you down here and uh, and obviously that didn't help with the stress level I was already you know losing sleep at night hitting 190 after two months um, and so I just went looking for answers I started to read everything I could I, I learned a lot about the mental side of the game I really worked worked on that side of the game. Um, and from there, it, it started to snowball for me. I started to click. Um, I you know, walked away with some of the skills that I, uh, I needed to be able to succeed at the big leagues and then stay at the big leagues. Uh, how do you deal with failure? How do you overcome pressure? How do you, you know, all these things that come with performing at the highest level. And so, um, again, I think it's really good for the players to be able to go through those minor leagues and learn how to, how to adjust, how to make those adjustments. 
Tropics. Now, we're sitting at the Tropics way, way before a game. So if you hear a little music in the background, that's what we're doing. But it's just Matt and I sitting in the comfy seats right here behind home plate. I love the stories of when you got the call up. Sure. I love that. Yeah, yeah. And I'm sure you remember it like it was yesterday. What was it like, Matt? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, so I was in Toledo, uh, and I was playing really well. Um, You know, the Tigers were struggling a little bit. Um, Lance Parrish called me in the office, and he said, uh, you know, you had some hard-hit balls yesterday, but we thought you could have ran them out a little bit better, (laughs) so we're going to have to make a move. And I'm like, what? I'm hitting like 330. You know, I'm tearing the cover off the ball. What are you talking about? And uh, he's like, so we're going to have to call you up tonight. Uh, You're starting in left field against the Red Sox. It's, uh, uh, you know, you better better pack your bags and get there. And so I walked to the office. They're packing my bags. Um, I remember it was about, you know, an hour-ish, hour 15 drive. And I was going like 90-something on the highway. I called everybody I could. Um, You know, obviously it was too late a notice for my family to get there. Um, but, you know, it was Thursday night baseball. We were facing Dice K against Red Sox. Um, it went from playing in front of 2,000 people to 40,000 sold out crowd, millions of people watching. And I just remember running out of the dugout and almost falling because I couldn't feel my legs because I had so much adrenaline uh, going through me. So definitely something you, you will never forget. <laughs> I was going to ask you, that was all in one. I didn't realize it was that fast. And that you had to drive yeah, yourself. Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. my God. So you're in the bigs for many, many years. Okay. Then with injuries and how no one hardly ever goes out on their own. It sure. hardly ever happens. Sure. So you're still in fantastic shape you're you're you know i'm sure you could still play some guys will even go to independent ball sure. maybe the atlantic league or something like that you do i'm sure there were some opportunities like that yeah no how did you come to the realization man that oh my god okay yeah it's over it's a really hard uh realization to come to and it's hard to turn the page when you've done one thing your whole life and this is what you want to do and it's at the highest level um it, it's it's very challenging uh for me i mean you look at the options you look at and you weigh everything against each other so for me it was a, a position where 2021 i played for the phillies i was getting two at bats a week it was impossible role not to not to say like hey you know, I did it before. I did the pinch hitting role. I just had a bad year. Um, 2022 was uh, the lockout, so so all you know, nobody was getting signed. No free agents were getting signed. Um, baseball ended the lockout right, you know, right around spring start of spring training. Spring training started. They signed a handful of guys that were big, big free agent guys, um, and so a lot of guys went and played independent ball. And I actually started to ramp up to go play independent ball. And uh, honestly, I just kind of looked at it. My 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 lower back was was killing me. You know, my neck, my wrist were hurting. Was hurting. Um, independent ball was. You know, obviously it's it's far away from home. They obviously don't pay you very much at all. I had a six-year-old daughter. At this point, we had a handful of F45 gyms, and so it was time where I was like, hey, you know, it's it seems like this is the time to turn the page, and and that's what I did. Now, does it help you? that you're still around baseball being a broadcaster you're with Bally's able to do some analyzing for Rays games Apple yep, yep. TV Apple TV Friday night baseball that's kind of that must be cool does that help or or you know, are there still some days where you're like mm, I want to play or or you're like no that page is turned and now I'm going to do good in this yeah yeah I think it's a combination it's again it's really hard to turn the page um it definitely helps, right? When when you you don't play anymore, for me, I felt like a piece of me was missing. You know, sure. I felt like my, my arm was missing because you're doing something your whole entire life. Um, and obviously, again, you do it at the highest level. Um, you, you just get that completely removed from your life and you're trying to, you know, figure things out. Like, what do I do now? And you're a young right? guy. So being around the game is, is really... Um, it, it's been great, to be honest with you. I, I tried to figure out, you know, how to stay around the game, um, and coaching was such a big commitment. Again, with my daughter and the gyms, um, that I wanted a little bit more flexibility. Uh, so this, you know, the broadcasting side was a, a really good fit for me. Now you've been involved with these F45s. I've seen them sprout up in the Tampa Bay area. Yep. How did that come about? And is that uh, a challenge? Do you? 
because most of the everybody that I interview that's like made it, whether it's NFL or something, you're competitive. Yeah. You need something to drive you. Yeah. Whether it's fishing or golfing, you can only do that so much. Yeah. So what was the reason for that to get involved with the F45s? Yeah. Yeah. So for me as a player, I was always interested in business and finance and real estate, um, and I really always enjoyed learning about those things. Uh, so I wanted to get into something. You know, towards the end of my career, obviously I played a long time. Was very fortunate. Uh, so I saw an opportunity that uh, was on the table with these F-45s. There, there were some of the best locations in downtown Tampa, downtown St. Pete, uh, some of these areas that uh, I, I thought would do really well. Um, and I honestly believed in the program. I did the program. I went out to Land Lakes. I, I tried the program. It was pretty much the same thing that we would do with a trainer, wow. just kind of in a group setting, all low impact functional movements, just at a higher intensity, which science will tell you that's the best workouts that you can do for longevity, living purpose, energy, lots of lots of benefits there. Um, and so again, it was, it was a challenging, man. it was really challenging. You know, our, we were set to open our first gym in March, 2020, which was COVID. And so we couldn't get open. So I had to eat rent for a couple months. We couldn't file for PPP because I didn't have any payroll. Um, but we got open, you know, we grinded through it. We opened the second location later that year in November, which was downtown Sparkman, yes. uh, Tampa. Uh, that one started to perform better. Thankfully we were in the Tampa Bay market because Florida was obviously, you know, more open, more than, open, any place, more yeah. open than pretty much anywhere in the world. Yeah. Um, and so that, that obviously helped us. Uh, but it's been a really good learning experience. Um, you know, from, I mean, you had to do so many things, right? I have such a, a deep huge respect for small businesses around the the world really nowadays because it's so hard i i told my wife that um you know <laughs> this is the end of last year i was like babe i i went from playing in front of forty thousand people and you know playing uh, being on tv and uh to fixing a toilet in the st <laughs> Pete gym and nobody cared right like so it's it's a hard adjustment but again it's it's been a great learning experience just a two more i marvel at the athleticism and the talent young talent in baseball yep. have you noticed that since when you first there's always to get to the major leagues man yep but oh my god man there there really is some very very good young talent doing amazing things you think so matt extremely extremely it's definitely become much much more competitive um the the density of talent has really improved um, and I think it's a combination of things, right? Um, I think these kids are training younger, right? Like when you're 10, 12 years old, I didn't, I didn't train, right? Like I went in the backyard and hit off a tee or my dad pitched to me or something like that, but I didn't know anything about physical training and how to take care of my body, what to eat, right? There's so much information out there nowadays that these kids are, are starting earlier, especially if, if you enjoy it, right? Parents are obviously pushing their kids. They want them to be in the big leagues. They want them to go towards it. Obviously, it's still up to the kid, uh, but it's been incredible to see these 20-year-olds, 21-year-olds come up to the big leagues, even in the minor leagues and, and college and stuff. I mean, the, the, the amount of talent these, these guys have is off the charts. You know, it just, it just gets better and better. And you've seen these pitchers throw harder and harder. Their pitches are sharper. Um, you know, the the power of these guys is is better and better. It's, it's really fun to watch um, and, and root for these guys. Um, and see how much the game has, has changed and improved on on the talent level. Yes. All right. Here's how I end all my, my uh, interviews here. You made it. It's The rock stops here. How you made it to the top. And then even if you're not at the top, you're doing something else. But you made it at the top. You made it to Major League Baseball. Yeah. Now you're on Major League Fields as a broadcaster. Yeah. You're on the way. What is the best piece of advice you can give to a young person? that's coming up whatever even you know if it is baseball but any, really any field man you've made it to the top what's the best piece of advice you can give man um yeah that's a, it's a challenging one because i think everybody's a little bit different in their in their how they grow up what's their environment i think most importantly you first have to start with what is that dream and vision that you want to accomplish right what does that look like for you what and if you don't really know like what that is i always tell people like what are you interested in right and then follow your interests until they become a passion right and then your passion kind of ends up becoming your profession hopefully 
right? Not always the case, right. but hopefully, um, if you really work at it, if you try uh, hard enough, if you sacrifice enough, uh, I think it's it's possible. I think there's a lot of things possible. Or you can work in that field, let alone unless, and then you're still enjoying, you know, the industry that you're in. Um, and then from there, it's it's hey, desire, sacrifice, work ethic, um, and and giving back, right? Like. Um, so you have to do a lot of things right. You really do. You have to sacrifice a lot. It takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of effort to accomplish your dream. But it's, for me, it's worth shooting for the dream and the vision because you're on the right path. And it, and even if it doesn't work out, it'll lead to something else. That's a good one. Kind of narrow down what you want to do. And if you have that much interest in it, then you got to do all those things. That's, yeah. that's interesting. Yeah. Last thing, any bucket list. Uh, you, your future, you're 38 years old, you're such a young man. Is it to grow in business? Is it to continue doing this too at the side? What, what do you think? You got yeah. you got some goals? Uh, I do, I do. Yeah, I think, again, goals, right? Like you got to have something that you're shooting for. So um, I, I want to go build a massively successful and impactful business um, uh, as well as be able to stay around the game and do the broadcasting side. So we've actually had some really good conversations recently. Uh, so stay tuned. Okay. Um, had some really good conversations recently about um, building out a platform. And, and I've already talked to some people that have, that have done it. A uh, platform that's dedicated to younger athletes, high school, college, that is geared initially towards, hey, the mental side of the game, because I think that's the most important piece is really nailing down the mental side of the game. And then you include, hey, the physical training, the nutrition. Uh, but we we really want to start on the mindset and, and help them uh, to really become a, a more well-rounded individual as well as like, hey, how do you handle the pressures? How do you overcome failure, right? Like how do you handle the big moment? All these things that come along with playing sports at a higher level. Listen, man, continued success. You were a great man when you were here. You're doing it, doing you're it. loving it. <laughs> Thank you so much, of my course, man. Of course, of course. Thanks for having me. Matt is a good guy. And you know what? I've had a couple of people over the years tell me that his father was really good in softball. You know, he was known. But Matt made his made a life for himself, and now he's just got a passion for business. He's got some ideas, he was telling me, what he wants to do down the road, and I wish him all the success in the world, whether it be more broadcasting or especially in business. Uh, he's got a business sense to him. So, good guy, Matt. Awesome. Another guy that I covered, and now post playing career trying to find their way and 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 you know competitive and good and all that so matt thank you very much all righty i was back in new jersey my wife is always kidding me she's like what it is in your blood you know and i think new jersey gets a bad rap so i was i mixed business and pleasure and oh my god oh my god where do i start let me start with the business end. It was the Bucks and the New York Jets. There's so much hype with the Jets, rightfully so. Aaron Rodgers, Wilson, you know, uh, Garrett Wilson, his receiver, they're on the same page. Um, the fan support, they've been waiting. They haven't won a Super Bowl since 1969 with Joe Namath. I went into a bar with some buddies, hadn't seen in a long time. Big Joe Namath jersey. Beautiful. in Encased in a beautiful, one of those boxes, they call them, with the glass. Joe Namath is revered in Jersey, New York, Long Island, all those Jets fans up there in the Northeast. But anyway, getting ahead of myself. So it was really, really cool. I grew up in Morris County, New Jersey, a town Dover, very blue collar. I bet you it's about 80%. Puerto Rican, um, but it was a great town. I had a paper route for so many years, up and down the hills, made a little money as, you know, put that aside from all those years, able to buy my cash, 600 bucks, a Barracuda, my first, you know, car, uh, played sports on teams, being on some, tra not travel ball, but if you make the all-stars, then you play in different towns, got to do that, and it was great. Great, 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 great. 
So Florham Park, New Jersey is where the New York Jets have their facility. And I've always wanted to go because it's, a, and, and Florham Park is a very nice community, rolling hills, nice homes, beautiful big uh, corporate office buildings, done right, really, really nice and is growing like so many places. So anyway, I wanted to go and it blew me away. It was one of the nicest facilities. I think the Buccaneers have a, a, a nice facility, but holy mackerel. And there's so much hype, and the fans are so hungry, thinking this is finally the year, Aaron Rodgers, the pieces that we have put together, so they like the head coach, the whole bit. So there was no media parking at the facility. They took that away. They gave that to VIPs. Everybody wants to be, you know, Paying, sponsor, advertising, you know, it was like when Brady was here, you want to be on board, Aaron Rodgers, the Jets, this is the year. So you have to take a shuttle. I was staying in the team hotel, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers team, team hotel, in the Hanover Marriott. Now, I've been to this Hanover Marriott over the years. It's Hanover slash Whippany, Cedar Knolls. My favorite radio station of always is a bucket list. I always wanted to be on is classic rock station, rock station, WDHA 105.3 FM. It used to be the rock of North Jersey. No, yeah. And then it became the rock of New Jersey. But anyway, they're right down the street. Um, so I, I got to, it was surreal for me. Because like I say, back in high school days, a little bit after that, I had gone to some events at this hotel. Now it's been redone and the Buccaneers are staying there, and I was staying with the Buccaneers. So it was really, really neat, meeting on the elevator, talking to some of the young guys, and you know they're going to their meetings, and this and that, and no, 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 no. And then what I would do is I'd leave, and I'd go to my hometown, and went back to where I went to grade school. It was actually K through eighth grade. No cafeteria, a little Catholic school, Sacred Heart, no playground, no, you sat in the same desk, from right from the time you get there, no homeroom. You don't change classes. I think that's why my wife thinks I've got some issues, you know. Because uh, when I went to Morris Catholic High School and you had to change classes, I was so scared. I had never changed classes before. Yeah. I was worried I was going to lose my paper, my, my, my classes and all this. It's hysterical. So I went back to my high school. I'm looking around. I went down to the baseball field. Nobody was around. Everything's AstroTurf now. The mound is beautiful. I'm like, man, we didn't have this when I was here. And then uh, so I saw that. I saw I went to grade school. I went to Kingfield and Dover where I played Little League. And I was in tournaments. And my parents were always there, my, my dad. And, you know, it just it was it was surreal. Then I would go back to the, the Marriott. And then that's then, then all of a sudden you're in my current life with the Buccaneers around and the GM Jason Light and you see coaches and players. And then, you know, I would leave and go 20 minutes to where I grew up and walking around the streets and everything. It was just, it was unbelievable. It really, really, really was. All right. So I can tell you this, like, well, I don't want to get in. There's no X's and O's here, but I can here, but I, I, the one thing that I will say, the Buccaneer defensive line, they were getting a lot of pressure. Again, it is controlled scrimmages. Scrimmage. There was one day because the Jets canceled the second day. And that pissed off the Buccaneers. They didn't want it to be make a big deal out of it. You're going to have to deal with adversity and sudden change and during the season. And so... Even Bowles didn't even tell any of the coaches. He just kept it just like, look, they canceled. Let's deal with it. They were looking for a high school field. And I'm like, can you imagine if they actually go to Morris Catholic, like my high school field? That would have been too much. And they, the New York Giants stepped up and said, you know what? I think it's that little rivalry because the Giants are going to play the Jets regular season this year. You can use our facility. So Friday, I got to see the Jets facility. And back in the day when I was a national sports reporter on FNN, it was called Financial News Network, Monday through Friday, and it was FNN Sports, or started FNN Scored, and FNN Sports on weekends. And I was the national reporter. Actually, I was from like the Colorado Rockies East. 
I got to travel. I was at all big events. I did a lot of stuff out of New York. And I would go to the Meadowlands. And I would cover the Giants or the Jets. I'd have to do features. Because it was like 24 hours of a sports wheel, they call it. So anyway, I really had not been back to the Meadowlands since, god dang, this before my whole career here in Tampa Bay. So you, I, I don't even know how many years ago it was. So, but of course, there's MetLife Stadium, so it's not the old Meadowland Stadium. They used to have a practice, just a field right next to the stadium. But now it's 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 got a couple separate fields. There's an indoor facility, but it was so neat. So I got to go to the Jets facility and the Giants facility back to back, and with the current team, my current life. And doing that and blah, blah, blah. I got a, I pulled aside uh, Skip Pete. He's the running backs coach. His father was Willie Pete. He was in the NFL. His brother, a uh, very famous quarterback and who he was married to. So I pulled him aside, did a little about six, seven minutes, did a little podcast just on him. He was with the Cowboys. He's been with a lot of teams, like 35 years coaching, 25, six years in the NFL. Very interesting. I'll play that next week or the week after. But anyway, so it was really, really good. It was great, blah, blah, blah. I leave there, and now I'm heading. I'm, I stayed two nights at the team hotel. It was great. I got one of those rooms that was up high and on the end. It was like I had my own little cubby on the end. It was great. I said, maybe I should have stayed here. But no, now I'm going to head to Dover, that area. It's called Rockaway Town Square Mall. And they got a couple of hotels. They got a couple of bars and restaurants. They got the mall there. And that was I was raised right near there, right down the street, bordered on Dover, Mar, uh, Rockaway Township. I went to my childhood, best buddy's house. There's a lot next door. We used to sleigh ride where we played in the woods. They still have some woods. Oh my God, I, where my paper route was, I ended up walking the neighborhood right where my where I grew up. I got out of my car. A Spanish lady got out next door. I said, I used to live here. I don't want to think I'm like creepy, taking a few pictures, looking at my yard, looking at the house that I grew up in with my brothers. I walked down where I had, my, like I said, I had a paper route for so many years. So every day, seven days a week. And I was just walking around like, it was it was unbelievable. It re I just think it's good for your soul. So now I'm going to go to my hotel, and there was one of my he's one of my best friends, uh, Ed, Ed Arcy. Knew him in high school. He was one year behind me. Played on the same baseball team. Knew him really good. I went to St. Leo College. Now it's St. Leo University. It's the only place that would accept me. I had low SATs. I had low grades. Um, and sight unseen, never saw the school till I got off the bus. I'm like, holy shit, I need my car. But anyway, I went there freshman year. I roomed with a longtime friend, John Che Wooden, but I started to get into the partying phase a little bit. He was very straight laced. It wasn't going to work. And Ed came in as a freshman. I was already there as a sophomore and I signed up for a private room. In one of the dorms, it was called Lee Marvin. He was a former actor. I was like, oh yeah, oh, I got accepted. Oh, great. I show up on the first day of school, sophomore year, St. Leo, and they're like, okay, your roommate is Rick Georgian from Chicago. I said, well, no, 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 no. No, I thought I paid a little bit extra for a private room. Ain't no private room. But, uh, but I signed up. Sorry. The guy comes in. He's one of those like all black he had very depressing, dark music. Didn't put up any posters, nothing on it. And these are small little dorm rooms. You don't even have a bathroom in it. You had to use the bathroom down the hall. The shower, same thing. There was nothing. And you're real close to one another and a desk and a desk and a, a little bed, bed. That's it. And a sink and a toilet. No. Yeah. Yeah. I think there was a toilet. I don't even know. I know there's a sink. All I know is, you got to be kidding me. I had nothing in common with him. We never said a word. Can you imagine rooming with a guy that close that's dark? Everything's dark. 
Like I was on the baseball team. I was ended up partying with a lot of people. He didn't want to do deal with anybody. And I'm like, you got to be kidding me. What a college experience this is. So I put in a request to room with Ed, who I was good friends with, saw this the second semester, and we roomed together. And look out. I'm not going to get into all the details. We were partying so heavy that uh, there, there, there was one class. I didn't even go to one class. We were getting, I was getting D's, F's. His father, rest in peace, had a deli in a little town in Morris County. And he was getting the reports. What the hell's going on down there? They were threatening to come down. It shows you the difference between a girl and a guy. Guy, we were like, we don't want our parents to visit. <laughs> you know, we had black lights in the room. We had a we had a dummy with a with, with a skull over there and, and, and black light looking at him. And, and we were a popular room, and we didn't want our parents to come down to visit. Whereas girls, you know, they want their parents to come, and you know, they, they they'll fix up their dorm room. There was no fixing up the dorm room. We didn't. Hell, I had a Led Zeppelin album that I played over and over again, and I don't even know if I. I don't think I even registered on time. You know, 18, 19 years old, learning how to party, that type of thing. So, Ed is my guy, and then we played baseball and hung out after that. Back in Jersey, I became really good friends with his older brother, big cuz. Oh, my God. Just some great, great times. Even when I got into the radio station, my first radio station, I, w I brought Ed to like a, a thing or two, a party or two or this and that. But I knew, I was smart enough to know, I better transfer, I better get out of here because I'm going to fail. I was a PE major. I'm like, no, I want to be a sportscaster. I want to be on the 6 and 11 o'clock news. I know I can do that. I know I can ad lib. I know I got a knack for that. Let me do that. So I transferred out of St. Leo, even though I was having a hell of a good time. My grades were shit. I went to uh, William Patterson College and commuted. I stayed at home, commuted, got a full-time job at night in the warehouse end, and... I got my grades really high and I graduated on time as I was commuting, working 40 hours a week. Still, oh, oh, don't think I didn't party still. Oh my God, because the people at the thing and I had a girlfriend that was from the high school, blah, 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 blah. And I ain't getting too detailed. But anyway, I am, I, so Ed and I were going to hook up. I was going to see Ed. His mom had been in a nursing home with my mother. I don't know, six, seven, eight years ago, something like that, 10 years ago. I don't know what it was. And uh, so I was going to see Ed, and I posted. Now, my wife is always saying, why you post stuff in your life, pictures, you're going to expect people to comment or try to get a hold of you. Yep, yeah, I'm right. I put a picture of my high school, no, my grade school. And maybe I did put my high school football field, like, oh, my God, just showing people, like, where I came from. Same desk, morning to night, K to eighth grade, and no cafeteria, no playground, no nothing. They put a couple barricades up, and we barricaded the street, played in the street, lost my tooth, had injuries, whatever. Well, I started getting a guy I hadn't seen in 40, so many years. I knew him. Oh, you're in town. Let's try to get together for lunch. I'm like, oh. I'd like to, but, you know, between doing that, wanting to see my spots, still wanted to go to Sussex County where I started in radio. I had a wife that passed away from cancer. God, I was 20-some years old. I wanted to go to the grave. I wanted to go see where I used to live up that way. You know, I had my spots. Hmm, made me do lunch. I don't know. Uh, then another, so why don't you meet here? We'll meet at this hotel and we'll do that. Okay. Now, another one that I knew from high school. Oh, you're in town? How long are you in town? We got, oh, he's a good guy, too. Dave. All right, Dave. Now I'm starting the texting, 
coordinating. I'm not a planner. I'm a fly-by-nighter. I don't plan. I don't plan anything with friends. I just go, and I always have a great time without planning anything. It's me. It's me. My wife can't believe it. You never plan anything with one of your friends. Never. I'm sorry. It's me. And now here I am. All right. Now now we're, we're getting ready. I'm like, all right. I haven't seen Dave in, since the reunion, about 15, 10-year reunion or something. Hmm. I don't know. Does he drink Bill? Bill, does he drink beer? I don't know. It booze, nothing. I don't know. I don't want to offend. What do we do? We're going to meet in the lobby of the hotel where I'm staying. Uh, hmm. You know what I'll do? I'll go get a six pack. Not, I don't know if they do IPA. All the younger people, everybody's IPA. You, 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 you get a domestic beer and these, they look at you. But I don't know, and I don't want to offend anybody. I don't know. I haven't seen these guys in decades. I haven't talked to them. Um, I'll just get a six-pack of Mick Ultra that's very simple. Boom. So I put that in my trunk of my rental car. I went on a walk just to see. There was a Miller's Ale House. There was Buffalo Wild Wings. I don't really like the Buffalo Wild Wings. There was another place. I'm walking and checking it out, checking it out. I come back. My buddy, had, I go up to the room. Had to go to the bathroom. My buddy's already downstairs in the lobby. I see my buddy Ed. Ed, let's go outside to my my trunk. I didn't plan on drinking beer in the parking lot of the Hilton Hotel. But, and then we're in the parking lot. Here comes Dave and here comes Bill. I haven't seen him in since high school. Since high school. Hey, hey. Boom. And now here's the other one, Dave. Haven't seen Dave since the 10-year reunion. He's like, oh, you got all your hair left. Yeah, I still got my hair. How you doing? Come on over to my car. Dave, Dave, Dave gets nervous. He's like, what, 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 what are we going to do over there? Just come over to my trunk. I f- open the trunk. Do you guys drink or no? If you don't, it's no big deal. You want a beer? Sure, sure. I wasn't sure if Bill was boom, boom, boom. I sat on the hatchback, like the, 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 the trunk. They're there. It was a beautiful night. It was seven o'clock, or was it six o'clock? Six o'clock, like 78 degrees, no humidity, little breeze compared to what we've been dealing with down here. I was in heaven. I got all my work in that I had to do for the Bucks and the, and the Jets and the Giants. I was done. I was ready to go. I wasn't driving anywhere. You know what I'm talking about? I was in that mood. Now I get a text from, oh, oh, 10 minutes later, another guy. He was in a class ahead of me, Bill Healy. He's heavy into politics. He's a good guy, big Mets fan. I know he visited some nuns that we used to be, very religious too. And he's like, oh, well, how long are you in town for? We are. I'm like, oh my God. Bill, we're going to be here at six o'clock. If you can make it, boom, here's where we're going to be. Boom, boom, boom. So, and now then I, sh- I didn't even bother with my phone. And I already talked to my wife. I was good to go for the night. You know what I'm talking about, guys? You already get your call in. You're good. You're not driving. You're away. You don't have any other responsibilities other than get a buzz, have a good time. Are you kidding me? Oh, and I'm in Jersey, North Jersey, and it's it's not 95 degrees at night. Oh, oh. And we started talking. They were, we're this and that. What did you do? Boom. Busting on each other. Boom. Some old stories. Boom. So Dave was a little bit nervous. He goes, I don't even think we're illegally allowed to do this. So I'm like, oh, my God. We're drinking. Dave, we're in the parking lot, man. Yeah, it's like we're in high school. I said, there's a there's a nail house right here. You want to just do that? Dave goes, Let, let's, let's just do that. I think he was nervous or something. We're going to get popped. I guess we could have. Open container. <laughs> Whatever. Boom, I cranked open a second one. Boom, put them in the trunk. Boom, let's go. We're walking together. We go. We go into the bar area. We sat next to, that was actually, they had like a big screen, like for bugs. There was no bugs. and But there was a breeze. Like you were in the bar area, but you were also kind of a little bit like almost outside. And I'm sitting next to there and there's a breeze hitting my back. I'm talking to guys I hadn't seen since high school. I'm away from home. Oh, 
Oh, so we must have been there three and a half hours or so. Paid the bill. Dave picks up the bill. You got to be kidding me, Dave. Dave, really. But it was so funny because when we first started talking, Dave was saying, like, what's going on? I'm like, oh, the business changed, you know. And I wanted to see. Now, these guys are my age. We're older. I said, it's really changed now. Now the way things go, it comes down to clicks. Oh, so we, we are just busting on each other, telling stories. Dave remembered so many stories from high school and names, names. I said, I got Anheuser's. My memory, I don't remember this stuff. He's like, oh, that's kind of sad. I said, no, I've had a great life since. <laughs> I just don't remember a lot of these stories. He goes, I came to visit you at St. Leo with Tim Roach from uh, Columbus, Ohio. I said, yeah, he, he hitchhiked from Ohio State. I remember that. He goes, you took me into this place at St. Leo where they had the biggest uh, plate of French fries I ever got. You don't even remember me staying with you at the dorm and visiting you? I'm like, I don't, Dave. He's like, oh, my God. So it was just funny. It was a great night. But I was telling these guys, like, you know, I wanted to see. And I said, okay, the business has changed. Dave, do you and your family sit around in a living room or wait for the 6 and 11 o'clock news to come on local TV? He's like, no. Do you? Do you? No. I said, it's all about clicks. It's about content. It's about getting uh, go viral video and blah, blah, blah. And Dave says to me, I don't even know what you're talking about. My other friend Ed goes, I was just nodding my head. I thought, oh, that's right. These guys are not in my business. My other friend Bill is in, he's still a reporter for the uh, Daily Record. And so he understood, but I was like, I got to stop talking about like the beeswax. You know, they've been in different, um, you know, different jobs, different different careers. So all in all, it was a tremendous night. And I pounded, I don't know, a couple beers. I had a little bit of a headache in the morning. And I had to be on uh, the radio station, WDAE, at 7.30 in the morning. And I got up at 6.30 and just made sure I wasn't missing out on anything. Anything happened with the Bucks, anything happened with the Rays. And I was fine, but it kind of, you know, it, I love going on there, Pat and Aaron's show, and letting them know what I've been seeing in New Jersey and all this stuff, and from the Bucks and the Jets and all that stuff. So it was really, really cool. And then I said, I got to get up to where I started in radio, and I lived for five years, Sussex County, New Jersey. And I went... I went to a gravesite where my ex had passed, or not ex, my wife at the time. Um, I saw where I used to live. I had a house right against a mountain. Oh my God, it was beautiful. I used to chop wood, had a fireplace when the snow came down. Lived next door to a young couple, became best friends with them. We did so much fun, partying, having such a great time. Oh my God, it was just, and so then I went to the where I started in radio on Main Street. Oh my God, there's a blinking light. It's like, oh, there's nothing there. And then where the radio station is today, the program director, Steve Allen, who I've gotten to know now, great guy. And he walked me around, gave me the little tour of the station. They do very well up there. It's a small market but they do very well. They call the tri-state area, Pennsylvania, New York State, and Sussex County, New Jersey. And Baracio, he's the rock jock in the morning on the FM. I met him. I've met him before. And I just had a nice time. It was great. I stopped in, an, uh, uh, what's the supermarket? Acme, AMP, uh, where I used to do my, my grocery shopping, get something to go before I... Don't want to pay those exorbitant prices at the airport. And uh, and then slowly making my way down to Newark Airport. It was a Friday night flight. I didn't want to deal with like, you know, last minute traffic. You got to turn in the rental car. You got to get on a shuttle, go through security, all that jazz. Piece of cake all the way through. I was there three and a half hours before my flight, way early. A new section of Newark Airport. Beautiful absolutely beautiful 
every chair's got a plug for uh, inner you know uh, electricity um electricity am i sounding like an old timer uh just beautiful and everything worked out great no problems with my flight got in 12 30 in the morning got back home and wow what a trip it was what a trip it was so i you know what if you can get a chance man to go back to your home your roots i think it's i just think there's something to that i think it's good man for your soul and what a trip it was what a trip it was I wish I had the the bucks to be spending because I'm ready to go again, but uh, anywhere. But anyway, it was good. So it was great, 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 great. I want to thank Matt Joyce for this episode. I'm really looking forward to the football season and seeing how it goes with baseball. Same thing through, but very, very fortunate to be able to go out like that and and go back back home. Oh, but the other thing was, so once I got back, this guy, oh, my former brother-in-law, he's a good guy. Next time, call me. We go for a beer. Another guy that I played high school baseball with saw the picture of the four of us together. One, two, three, four, yeah, four of us. You should have called me. Why? Oh, next time. Another guy that it was in a radio station. He still is a national update guy. Next time you got to hook me up. Yeah, I'll do it. So I tell you what, if I ever go back, I guess I'm not going to be able to post anything because I can't keep up. I, I And I'm not the organizer to set up a, you know, a gathering for about 13, 14 guys. But anyway, it was great, 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 great. Thank you very much. If you haven't subscribed yet, hit the subscribe button, leave a comment, and I can't thank you enough. And for those of you that have been with me a long time, it's really, really appreciated. All right? Hope you have a great week, and I'll talk to you next week, same time, same place, on The Rock Stops Here. Here.